Yo fam, Coach Sam with Strong Gens Coaching here with another podcast episode, a solo episode. I'm going to answer three questions for you guys. But first, don't forget that we do run a Strong Gents program. It's a 12-week program for men 18 and older who are looking to improve their physical, mental, and socioeconomic health in life. It's very, very low barrier to entry, meaning it's not going to take a lot of your time and it's not going to break your bank, but it is going to change your life for the better. We have so many video lessons recorded there for you and resources at your disposal to make sure you have everything you need in order to improve your physical, mental, and social career health. If you're interested in joining the program, you can send us an email at stronggentscoaching at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us. Um, on Instagram at stronggents underscore coaching and give us a like on Facebook at stronggents dash men's coaching. So before we get into the episode today, you already know I got to go over my golf game over this past weekend. Um, I played the best I have ever played in my life. I shot a real 86. It was phenomenal. I've never done that before ever. I usually shoot 96 right in that realm But everything was clicking. The vibes were great from the second I woke up that morning uh, until the last tee box. It was just phenomenal. The weather was perfect. It was the nicest day of the year. Um, If there was anything I could have done better in that round of golf, it was probably the little short chips from right around the green. I babied a lot of them, so left me with longer putts than I should have had. So I two-putted a lot more than I should have one-putted. But overall, amazing time. Absolutely amazing time. Um, I went with my buddy Rob. He also did pretty damn good. Um, I went with my buddy Dylan, who for someone who really doesn't play that often, also did really freaking good. And we went with Dylan's grandfather, who's 76 and was hitting 200-yard bombs off the tee. Um, Honestly, just a a freaking phenomenal day. That is a day that I live for. Um, that is a day where I'm like, this is why, like, this is this is why I do what I do. Keep going every single day because of days like that. And I can't wait to have more of those days coming up with the nice weather with my boys, um, and hopefully my dad and get him back out on the course too, uh, because being outside for three to four hours is just something that um, y- you can't you can't take away. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, I, I just love it so much. Um, but moving on, we're going to jump right into this because it is a little late and I need to get some sleep for work. Just like you guys should be doing. Try to prioritize your sleep, you know, at least six hours. That's a good number to aim for. If you get more than that, that is golden. Um, I would love to get eight hours, but I struggle sleeping myself. I usually get sick. So topic number one is how do we gain more muscle mass? And how can you build more muscle as a man trying to be physically strong in this world? Uh, Well, it's super simple. It really is super simple. Your muscles are pretty stupid. Um, You have to put a stress on the muscles of your body consistently over time in order to build muscle. Now, there's a few other things you have to do also, but that is the general gist of how to build muscle. Now, how do we do this? Well, we do this through basic weight training. Why? Because it's efficient, it's calculated, and it's progressive. So 
progression is going to be your best friend when trying to build muscle because you need to constantly be increasing the demand on your muscles to force them to grow. And the number one demand you need to create or place on your muscles is muscular tension. So it's not necessarily how much weight you can lift. It's not necessarily how fast you can lift the weight. It's not necessarily how many times you can lift the weight. It's how much tension can you develop in the muscle while lifting the weight. And over time, as you gain more control of each exercise and learn to contract the muscle with greater effort throughout each movement, each repetition, and you slowly increase the weight over time, you are forcing your body to grow more muscle tissue. Now, outside of just the lifting weights part, there is nutrition. You can't build a lot of muscle if you don't have a lot of resources to do so. So you need food. Now, are you going to look shredded all year round while you're building muscle? No, most likely not. Some people can get away with it, absolutely. But most people are going to put on a small amount or a medium amount of body fat while trying to gain a significant amount of muscle because you're going to be eating way more food. And that's just part of the game. We're making one sacrifice in order to make a gain in a different area. And then when we're ready, down the line, we make another sacrifice in order to make a gain in a different area, such as weight loss and getting a little bit leaner. Um, but back to the exercise part of it, you want to do basic exercises that can be progressed over time. So things that can be, you can track easily and progress them two pounds, five pounds, every other week or every month and continue that for 12 months and see how much muscle you can gain. So any type of pressing movement, uh, three exercises per muscle group. So you can do a dumbbell press, a dumbbell incline press and a cable fly for the chest. You can do a medium grip pull down. You can do a narrow grip pull down, um, although some people don't do good with that. You don't get a great contraction with that one. You can do a medium grip, neutral grip row to the chest. You could do a one-arm dumbbell row. You can do a barbell row, any type of rowing movement with a barbell, dumbbell, or a cable, and any type of pulling movement with a pulley machine or a pull-up bar um, or straight-arm pull-downs um, with bands, whatever you have access to. You want to do three planes of motion, three exercises, um, really 10 to 15 reps. Um, and when you start to go a little heavier, 8 to 12 reps uh, for building muscle, the purpose of building muscle. Ronnie Coleman, one of the greatest bodybuilders, if not the greatest bodybuilder of all time, said he would not do an exercise or a weight for the purpose of building muscle if he couldn't do it for at least 10 reps. Um, so that's coming from one of the greatest in the world. Um, are we a Ronnie Coleman? No. So is eight reps probably just fine? Yes. So anywhere between eight and 15 reps is good. And you want to slowly increase the weight in small increments, really every other week or once a month. A lot of people really try and push five pounds a week. Now, if you're training for some type of powerlifting competition, that might be something you have to do in order to reach your goal. But when you're training for muscle, to build as much muscle as possible, you're playing the long game because you know, or well, I'm telling you, it's not gonna happen overnight. You really have to make a goal for six months to a year in order to gain a decent amount of muscle. If you've never trained before, 
you have the advantage. Um, it's what we call newbie gains, and it's the reaction from the body from really engaging a physical activity, uh, not physical activity, for strength training for the first time. These people, this population, uh, new lifters seem to gain a significant amount of muscle in a short amount of time, and then it starts to uh, slow down. So if you're someone new, you might be able to gain between 10 and 15 pounds of muscle in a year, which is a shit ton of muscle. Uh, if you've been lifting for a long time already, you know, four pounds a year is, that's good muscle gain right there. Um, that's pretty solid and that's something you should strive for between, you know, three and six pounds uh, is, if you're dialed in, is really phenomenal. Um, but listen, three and a half pounds of muscle throughout your body looks good. Uh, it really does. And then you do that for two years. Now we're talking, you know, seven pounds of lean muscle, maybe eight pounds of lean muscle over the course of two years. It's really good. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but it, in reality it is. When you look, eight pounds of muscle on your body looks physically a lot more, especially when we start to lose weight again. You can see all that muscle and all your hard work. Now for the food, um, for basic muscle gain, you want to be eating at least one gram of protein per pound of body weight. That's just very simple to do. Um, but since we're trying to gain muscle, sometimes you're going to overconsume protein, um, and that's okay. But if you miss a shake a day or something like that, don't beat yourself up. It's the average for the week. It's the average for the month. It's the average for the three months, for the year, etc. That really matters. Um, so don't worry about one bad day. Worry about the average for the week, the month, the year, so on and so forth. In terms of carbohydrates, these are going to fuel your workouts. Carbs are very important for giving you good energy and good pumps in the gym. But we don't really need to be going super crazy with the carbohydrates. We don't need to be eating 600 grams of carbs a day in order to get the calories in. Um, you can really probably get away with like 300 grams of carbs a day and then add your fats in. Now this is all going to depend on your body weight, but just for the average person, you do one gram of protein per pound of body weight. Um, that's your goal for protein. You do about 300 grams of carbs a day and then fill in the rest with fats to hit a calorie marker, um, which if, we, if, you, if you have questions about that, you can reach out to me on Instagram. We can see what your calories are, but I have no idea who's listening to this and you're all going to be different. So I'm just rattling off numbers so you could get an idea. These are not accurate estimations of what you should be consuming. It's just a general guideline. Now, lean uh, protein sources that are easy to consume are lean protein sources like chicken. You can eat a lot of chicken. It doesn't really disrupt your digestive system. So that's a very good choice for building muscle. Um, but so is beef because it's, a, it's higher in calories. So you don't necessarily have to eat as much food as you would if you were just eating chicken in order to hit a certain amount of calories for you to gain muscle. Um, but you wanna stay away from the junk food. Now, sometimes you're going to need to eat a treat here or there to keep your calories high, but you don't want that to be the main source of your diet. We still wanna eat good food. And sometimes um, you will have to eat something that may not be considered healthy in order to reach your goals. Like some nights you may be eating meatballs and pasta and that's perfectly okay because we're trying to get big, right? But you shouldn't necessarily be running to McDonald's and getting three Whoppers, uh, is that Burger King? Three Whoppers? I don't even know. Um, but you shouldn't necessarily be getting three burgers and a large fry and a large Coke. That's just not good food. It's, you're not, not going to feel good. You're not going to fuel your body properly. Um, although the sodium is going to give you a crazy pump in the gym that day. Um, but really stick to clean foods, eat a lot of really good foods. And like if you're struggling to get the calories in, um, I would then throw in some higher calorie 
treats so any type of pastries or like the faster foods or slices of pizza things like this but not in significant amounts just what you need in order to hit your calorie goal um white rice actually is really one of the best easiest foods to eat which really contains a lot of calories so if you were to do like ground beef with drizzled in olive oil mixed in white rice and spice that thing up with hot sauce it's easy to get down it's easy to digest and it's very very good food for your body so consider that and then recovery is very important also so you don't want to be beating yourself up to shit in the gym every day um, because then you're not going to recover in time to train properly again to train full out again so it's not about absolutely obliterating the muscle it's about training really really hard keeping a lot of tension on the muscle for the set amount of reps and sets that your your plan has in place for you and you put maximal effort into those sets and those reps um, if you're just half assing some reps and then you go ahead and you do a thousand sets you're not going to get the same results as if you went full attention and full focused and full intensity on the sets and reps that are, are prescribed for you in your plan just do what's on the plan you don't need to do more it's what's called the law of diminishing returns when you're trying to do so 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 much that you actually overtrain. that's a term thrown around a lot but it is true you get burnt out and then you, your results turn to shit because you don't have the energy you don't feel good your workouts aren't as good your motivation is low so just do enough train very very hard when you're there and when it, the hour is over or the 45 minutes is over that's it leave the gym okay wipe your hands and get on with your day um, you need to be getting good sleep you need to try and relax and, and keep your stress levels low when you're trying to gain as much muscle as possible um, and you want to be getting just the things that are going to put you in good mood as often as possible because we want when we're not in the gym we want to be resting and recuperating um, now one thing I did skip in the exercise part is you still have to lift heavy okay uh, get a use weights on each exercise where you can squeeze out that tenth rep that tenth rep should almost be impossible right you should still be able to get it and if somebody was had a bat was gonna swing a bat at you and said you better get this eleventh rep if or I'm gonna hit you with this bat you should be able to really make that last rep ugly but still do it so that's what you should think ten should be super hard but you should have one left in the tank if need be that's how heavy your weight should be okay so in a little summary here uh, progressively weight train over time by increasing the weight in small increments hitting at least eight reps and working your way up sometimes to 15 focusing on maximal contraction in the muscle so keeping as much tension as possible in the muscle and then outside the gym when you're done training you're trying to relax you're eating good high quality high protein high calorie foods that are easy to get down and you'll find the ones that work best with your digestion that don't make you super super bloated all the time um, and then you're gonna try and get some really good sleep all right that is how we build muscle over time that is a great recipe it's just the discipline that people struggle with it is hard to build muscle it is very hard and I'm a smaller guy right now I weigh 150 155 pounds I've built uh, muscle up to 175 pounds before um, where I looked, I looked pretty massive at 175. Now I know 175 is not huge, but I've come from a small family. My dad's 5'7", 140 pounds or 135 pounds, something like that. My mom's 5'2", 105, 110 pounds maybe, maybe 110 pounds. Um, so I'm come from a very small family. I'm the biggest one in my, in, you know, my uh, family. Of, you know, my parents and my siblings. Um, 
And so for me to get up to 175, I looked pretty massive at that weight. And then I've also cut down and been as low as 140. I competed in a powerlifting competition at 143. I totally botched that weight cut. It was supposed to be 148, and I went all the way down to 143. Um, the scale that I was using said 148, and the scale when I got to the competition said 143. So I don't know which one was right, but I was probably around 145. Um, I did break some state records in that powerlifting competition, by the way. So uh, And that... That division was stacked. I think I competed against seven guys, and um, I won best lifter because I was the only one in that weight class to hit all nine lifts, which is pretty cool. Um, but moving on, that's how you that's how you build some muscle right there. Patience, patience, patience. All right, and progressively increasing weight, increasing food, and increasing rest over time. Whew! I'm gonna take a sip of water here. Um, oh, by the way. Okay, this weekend was probably the most beautiful weekend of all time, of all time. Okay, I'm ending this weekend on a high note, and I hope you guys are as well. Okay, so question number two I have is, uh, uh, okay, hold on, let me get it. I got my phone here. Okay, it's in my DMs. Slide in my DMs, people. It's all guys. What are you guys? Get out of my DMs. What's going on? Um, Sam, I've been having trouble with my digestive lately. I'm very bloated, very gassy. Um, my poops have not been good, and I don't know what to do. Can you please give me some advice? Okay, yeah, I can, although I don't. It's going to be general advice for people who are struggling with bloating and indigestion and maybe some acid reflux and, and stools that are not so great, right? Um, and it comes down to nutrition almost every time. Uh, and there are some basic things that everybody can benefit from when they're struggling with digestion, bloating, and um, just irritable, like IBS, like irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, I'm not a doctor, but I do have experience with this stuff, um, not only with myself, but with clients as well. And so if you're struggling with digestion problems, you need to shine the flashlight on your food and your nutrition, and you need to become a responsible adult and really dial in and take accountability for your nutrition. Do you know what you're eating? Do you know what time you're eating it? Do you know how much you're eating? These are very, very important details, especially when it comes to your digestive health, because how are we supposed to fix the problems within the stomach and the intestines if we don't know what we're putting in the stomach and the intestines? Because then we don't know which one is causing a problem. So for you, first thing to do is to track all of your food. So I'm still old school. I think the best way to do that is with a pen and paper. But there are apps out there. You can get MyFitnessPal, MyPlate. You can use like the Fitbit app. There's a handful of them um, to see to plug in your food. Now you want to go two weeks where you track everything that you eat. Okay. And the reason we're doing this is you don't want to worry about the calories. Those apps are going to tell you to set calories and goals and all stuff. No, I just care about seeing what food you are eating, like the actual food you're putting in your body. We need a list of it, uh, and we need the times that you're eating that so we can start to figure out a pattern and a plan um, to get you back on track. So the reason we're doing the food tracking is to find a pattern and a plan. For example, if you have a sheet of paper Monday through Monday, and Monday, Wednesday, Friday, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you had a Starbucks latte with four sugar pumps and heavy whipping cream, and then... At 4 o'clock that same day on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you were in the bathroom. Well, we know something's going on with what you ate at 2 o'clock most likely. So then we can go ahead and eliminate that 
variable from your life and see if the symptoms have improved. So we need to know what you're eating in order to figure out what the problem is. Now this is called an elimination diet after the two weeks, right? So we track for the two weeks to see what we're eating. We try and find a pattern in your eating habits and then we slowly start eliminating one thing at a time for two weeks at a time in order to see if symptoms resolve. For example, if you're someone who wakes up and you're not hungry and you don't eat all day, and then you eat a big lunch and you start to get some acid reflux, we can go ahead and say, hey, let's eat a small breakfast and a smaller lunch and let's see if that reduces the acid reflux because maybe you're just shoving a whole ton of food down your throat. Maybe you're eating some fried food, some fast food that's making your, uh, there's a little muscle that connects your stomach um, to your uh, small intestine, uh, well, connects your esophagus to your stomach uh, called the esophageal splinter. And fatty foods tend to relax that muscle a little bit and then you get some acid reflux. Sorry for the little rant there. But just the point being is there's so many variables which I can't tell you exactly is causing your problems that can cause problems in the form of digestion. Now, here are some basic guidelines if you are suffering from bloating, indigestion, disgusting gas, and really crappy stools. <laughs> That's a pun, a play on words there. One, experiment with kicking out dairy. Okay, some people do have a problem with dairy. Not everybody, and chances are you're someone who's gonna kick out dairy and still have a digestive problem because it might not have been dairy at all. But it's a good place to start because I have learned that a lot of people eat a lot of dairy, like a lot of cheeses, um, a lot of milks, these things. So it's good to start there if you're someone who does that. Also, it's good to kick out heavy uh, processed foods. If you're someone who eats out a lot, it's a lot of fast food, you don't cook a lot of food at home, you're getting frozen meals, kick that out if you're someone who does a lot of that and see what happens. Also, carbohydrates uh, like sugary drinks, sodas, Gatorades, uh, fruit juices, candies, um, these tend to cause some digestive problems because they feed bacteria in your stomach which can cause gas. Now is this everybody? No. Could it be you? Possibly. I had this problem. It's called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Um, I've been treating that. I have gotten treated for that. And I had some experience where I couldn't handle any carbohydrates at all. I went on a zero carbohydrate diet for a while. I'm still on a low carbohydrate diet um, because my digestion is still not 100%. The reason I developed SIBO in the first place was because I was treated for a bacterial infection and they gave me so many antibiotics because the damn thing wouldn't go away because I was just working my ass off, super stressed at the time. I was beating myself up. I don't recommend doing that. And um, I, I suffered from it, right? And then my stomach suffered. My digestive system suffered from it. So for someone who's got some serious gas, who had had some serious indigestion, gas, bloating problems, stool problems in the past, I can say that carbohydrates tended to make that worse. And I went on a lower carbohydrate and it was a lot better. Um, I have since also... Uh, reduce my dairy intake significantly and I do feel better. I do still use whey protein isolate that's been processed to the point where there's no lactose in it. Um, so the bacteria in the gut that usually feed off of lactose or lactase, uh, lactose, um, they don't get to feed off that as much. So it's not as uh, gas producing. Um, so things like that, carbohydrates, things that are fermentable. So you don't want to be eating like things that, that can ferment in the gut, like, the, like all the saccharides. You don't want to be eating like a ton of those because you're going to get the indigestion problem. So um, also experiment with meal timing. So if you're stuffing your face at 9 o'clock at night with a giant meal, just you know fast food or whatever you're getting, um, or just heavy oily food, 
at night and you're getting acid reflux in the middle of the night, well, how about you try eating at five o'clock and shut your damn mouth? Like that might help you because by the time you go to bed at 10, it's been five hours, your body had time to digest the food instead of you laying down and it coming right back up your esophagus. Um, so intermittent fasting could play a role. It did help me um, significantly in the beginning by reducing the time during the day that I was eating and allow my digestive system to empty itself. So, but I did a reverse intermittent fast. A lot of people would uh, start eating at 12 p.m. and stop eating at 8 p.m. I don't think that's the best intermittent fasting. I think it's ex actually extremely stupid. And I did that for a while in the past. And then when I got back into the intermittent fasting, I did go right to that because it's just standard. It's just kind of like what we have done in the intermittent fasting world. Um, is just prescribed the 12 p.m. to 8 p.m. and then stop eating and skip breakfast. Like what the what the hell is that? No, that makes absolutely no sense. Then you go to sleep on a full stomach and you get indigestion and, and it's just acid reflux at night. No. So what I started doing was eating as soon as I woke up. I drink a glass of water. I'd cook my breakfast and I'd eat it. And then I would stop eating at 4 p.m. 4 p.m. So I was eating from 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. So I wasn't eating from 12 to 8. It was 6 a.m. to 4 p.m. and I cut it. And my symptoms reduced so much. My gas went down so much. My indigestion went down so much. It was a freaking life changer, honestly. Um, I still do it about three days a week. Uh, and I'm slowly getting that out of my life. These are the things, this is what I want you guys to realize, is there are places and times where things are going to be prescribed for a certain amount of time. You're going to have to follow something for a certain amount of time to see if you get results. And if you are getting results, you're going to continue to do it. And then you can slowly add things back in. Just because I'm telling you to kick out dairy right now, it's only to see if your symptoms go away. And if your symptoms go away, then you want to continue to kick out dairy um, until you start feeling a lot better and then reintroduce it a month down the line. And if you have a flare up, then you know, oh shit, like I cannot handle dairy. But you don't know if you can't handle dairy if you never kick it out. Because if it's if you're constantly feeling like crap because you're constantly eating dairy, you're never going to know if it's actually the dairy that's causing it unless you stop it. And I'm just using dairy as an example. This could be anything. This could be this could be breads. This could be vegetables. Some people don't go, do good with vegetables. This could be um, fish, shellfish. Some people get a reaction from eating shellfish and they don't even realize it because it's so small. But when they stop eating shellfish or shrimp or whatever, they're like, oh, you know, my skin doesn't itch anymore. My face doesn't itch anymore. Um, you know, my stomach doesn't hurt anymore. So an elimination diet. And it starts with tracking your food, either in an app or write it down on pen and paper. Okay, digestion and the stomach and the intestines is a very tricky subject. It's very individualized. Um, there is no perfect diet for everybody. It's an experiment. You have to put yourself in the seat of the scientist and your digestive system is the experiment. You have to have, um, a, you have, to have a theory and then you have to test the theory with the variables that you've been given. And the variables that you are given is food. So you have to start testing food. What foods do you do good with? What foods do you do bad with? Write down the times that you eat things. Write down everything that you eat at the same like at each time every day for two weeks. And then try and find a pattern. Change up the food. Do it for another two weeks. See if your symptoms have improved, so on and so forth. And of course, at the end of the day, you can always go see a gastroenterologist and uh, get their opinion as well. Woo! That was long-winded. That was a little bit of a rant because I'm passionate about that right now because I recently just experienced that, which it's not fun. I sympathize with anybody who's struggling with digestive issues. I really sympathize with that. Ah, man. Okay. Last topic of the day and then I'm signing off. Um, it has to do with uh, this weekend. One of my clients ran a 5K this weekend. I did it with them. And um, she's awesome. She's uh, 
She's a mom of three daughters. She's a full-time teacher, and then she stays late to tutor as well. She comes to the gym at 6 a.m. at least two days a week, sometimes three if we can get her in, and she puts in the work. She has lost a ton of weight. She reached her weight loss goal, and then she wanted. she's motivated. She wanted to do something else. So um, I had another client run a 5K, and she got the bug. She said, I want to do that. I've never done that before. So she signed up, and I said, listen, you signed me up for it. I'm going to run it with you the entire time. And she was like, deal, done, deal. And she trained for a short amount of time, only maybe like two months for it, when she could. So she didn't get the best training in. Um, she's not a runner. She never was a runner, um, at least to my my knowledge. I can't remember if she said she was or not. I don't believe she ever was. And uh, we finished. We finished in under 40 minutes. She did a lot of running. We did some walking, but she ran majority of it. And it is something that she now has as part of her being for the rest of her life. She's someone who ran a 5K. It's an accomplishment. It's a goal. Nobody can take it from her. It's now part of who she is. She can always say, I ran a 5K. I did it. And the reason she did it was because she made up her mind to do it. And that's a really, 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 really hard thing to do is to make up your mind to do something and actually do it. Putting the actions behind the words is a lot harder than people realize. And I'm just here to show people that you know, they can do more than they think and they know. And I've been pretty good, pretty blessed with the ability to prove that to people time and time again. Sometimes it doesn't happen, but I would like to say that it happens more often than not. Now, why is it important I bring up this topic of her running a 5K over the weekend? I bring it up because it's important to set goals. Now, to a lot of people, 5K doesn't sound that like enticing or that big, but she had to commit to it. She made a commitment to it. Um, she had to get outside at least three days a week and go for a run she had or at least a walk to create the habit and to get her legs ready or lungs and heart ready to at least finish the race and so when you don't have a goal you're just kind of in limbo you're kind of doing things for no reason which is okay if you are that person but some people are not that person like i don't necessarily need a goal to work out because i love torturing myself i love feeling i love the feeling of pain i like being in pain that kind of pain workout pain so I don't need motivation to get off the couch to work out or to eat properly. But some people need a goal in order to do something. If some people don't have a de destination, they have no then they have no reason to get up and go there, right? So if you're someone who struggles with motivation and struggling with consistency, set a goal and tell yourself, I'm doing this and you have to do it. There's no backing out, right? For her, there was no backing out. She signed me up. She paid for me to go and I was going and she couldn't bail on me. She knew she couldn't bail on me. So even if she, she said, she was like, even if I didn't train at all for this, I still would have showed up because I would have, I, I, I basically signed a contract saying I'll be here. That's what you need. Like if you're struggling with succeeding in something, especially the health and fitness part of things, like you need to set a goal. And I think everybody should run a 5K. You know, you don't have to run the whole thing. We didn't run the whole thing. We ran 70% of it, walked 30%. So I urge you to find a goal that you want to do. It could be run a 5K. It could be enter into a powerlifting competition. It could be doing a charity walk. Um, it could be doing a, like a Tough Mudder or a Mud Run or an obstacle event. Um, it could be um, anything you want, right? Any type of goal you want, physical goal. You know, it could be trying to um, like do 50 push-ups unbroken by the end of the year. It could be do 10 awesome pull-ups by the end of the year unbroken you need a goal you need a reason to go to the gym you need a reason to get up you need a reason to do something you need to be motivated there has to be a goal for you to reach most of the time if you're someone who's not good with this stuff uh setting goals and stuff reach out to me send me a message on instagram 
I can help you out. We'll set a goal. We'll get you going. We'll get you motivated. We'll get you. It's like signing a contract. When you have a trainer there who says, we're going to do this thing. You said you wanted to do this thing. Okay, now we're going to do it. And you have to you have to hold up your end of the bargain. Okay, it's accountability. Um, so I think it's very important to set a goal, keep a goal, and uh, accomplish that goal. If you don't have a goal, you're going to be in limbo. And if you're in limbo, you don't get shit done. So that's why it's important to sign up for a 5K. If anybody wants to run a 5K <clears throat> and you haven't done it, or even if you have done it, and you want to do it, it's always fun. I'm in Jersey. Um, let me know. Send me a message, and we can sign up for one. I'll, I'll travel. I'll travel across the country to go run a 5K with you. And if you think I'm kidding, you're out of your mind. I will absolutely. Whoever's listening to this, I will absolutely. If you reach out to me and you pay for my flight over there, I will absolutely join you on a 5K. Um, <clears throat> that's all I got for you guys tonight. I truly love doing this stuff. Actually, um, I've been uh, itching to get this one out there. So uh, I hope you guys have a great week. I'm going to drop this tomorrow on a Monday and let you guys listen to this to start your week off right. And I just want to end this by saying, like I told, tell my clients all the time, um, you don't know what you are actually capable of. You can do so much more than you think and you know. And sometimes you just need someone to show you that it's possible, that you can do it. You need someone to tell you that you can do it and reinforce you that you can do it. And if that sounds good to you, you can sign up for our coaching program at stronggentscoaching at gmail.com. Send us an email and we will get back to you as soon as possible with all the details so you can get your life in a better spot physically, mentally, and socioeconomically. I'm out. Peace.